0: Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you're clapping. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Clayton, the pastor here um, at Central. I'm so glad you guys are here with us today. And hey, I, I just want to apologize right off the bat. We don't have any giant screen dropping um, today uh, like we had on Easter. That was pretty awesome. Uh, but I will say this. I believe that uh, some, some truth is going to be dropped on us today. That God is going to reveal himself and speak to us in a a special way. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but um, I use YouTube all the time to become professionally trained at um, all sorts of different stuff. And I am a certified um, um, YouTube-trained electrician. And um, I've, yeah, if I I need anything done, I'm just going to go and try to figure out um, how to do that. And a couple of months ago, I was, um, it was the middle of winter, it was cold... It was at night, and I needed to change out a uh, some lights uh, up at the, the top of the eve of the house, and so I get out the extension ladder, and um, I go, and I, I don't know which breaker is the one that I need to turn off, so I just turn all of them off in the garage. I climb up the, the ladder, and I'm working on the exposed wires, and sure enough, I grabbed the hot wire, and uh, like just electricity just goes right through my body, and I am up on a that tall ladder is concrete underneath me, and it's the middle of the night, and no one is out there um, to, to, you know, break my fall or call 911. And in that middle, lots of prayers went up, and um, somehow I was able to let go of that wire and just thank God that I didn't um, fall. And um, I was pretty shocked. It was, if you ever been shocked that way, I was, I was really shocked. And today I believe that um, God is going to maybe possibly shock us. That he is going to give us a, a wake-up call. Um, you see, when God convicts us, um, when he calls us to do something, when he gets in our, in our face, um, it's, it's a wake-up call. And the truth this morning is that every single one of us is, is in a battle for our future. I mean, think about that. The future that God has planned for you God is going to make that happen. He, he's sovereign in the middle of that. But you have free will. You have choices. And in some ways, the decisions you make are either going to make or break your future. You're in a battle for that. As a church, together, we're kind of in a battle for the future of, our, of what's happening here. Us trying to, to see God's vision and make it become um, a reality and follow his plans. And I want to invite you and I want to ask you to... To pray this prayer this week, that Lord, what do you want me to do? And more specifically, what do you want to do through me in my life? I think a lot of times our prayers are pretty, maybe kind of a little selfish. I mean, it's always about like, God, what are, God, God, help me, be there for me, bless me, do all these things. But what about a prayer that, that's like this God, what do you want to do through me? You know, two weeks ago, we started talking about made for more, the, the fact that you and I were uh, made for more than probably where we're at right now. God has a special plan for us, and we need to figure out what that is and step in with faith into the future God has for us. And we looked at this, this passage, Ephesians chapter 3, and we started it, and I'm going I'm to read it to you again, these two verses that we're going through over the next several weeks. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. <clears throat> Amen. Well, the first week, two weeks ago, we looked at now to him who is able. We stopped right there. And this teaches us that God has this a unique ability to make the impossible possible, doesn't he? And he loves to do it because it brings him glory and it brings him joy when he uses you and does things through you that seem impossible. Well, today we're going to look at like the second little part of that first section that's underlined right here. Now to him who is able to do what? To do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Every single one of us has probably been on a scale at some point in our life. We get on the scale and we kind of know where we're going to land along that scale, um, we hope, and, and uh, we, we kind of know where that is. We kind of know the range of the scale that that um, I should be in between, you know, zero and whatever it stops at. But if you ever get on a, on a scale and it just tells you to get off, like you know that like there's something going on. Like the readout says just, hey, you need, to, you need to get off, go to the gym or something. I don't know. Um, but if you get on a scale and and, and it says that, you know you're kind of out of its range. And the truth this morning is that for most of us, we look at God's capacity and ability as being within this range, this human kind of range. But God's ability is off the scale. It truly is. And that's something that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. And we so often don't believe that. We often don't believe that he's actually going to be able to, to do some things that seem impossible. Like, for example, let me prove it to you. When, when, when a trial comes in your life, whatever that may be, whether it's a relationship, a decision that you've made that, that has put you in a hole financially or, man, it's, it's, you're, you're in this spot where you don't know how you're going to get out. What happens is the way you feel is you feel anxious, don't you? anxiety comes into your life, and that is evidence to the fact that you're not trusting God, right? In the middle of that situation, when anxiety comes in, it's because you're like, it's on me. I got to figure this out. It's all, it's all up to, to me, and we don't trust God. And What happens is we kind of flinch in the middle of, of us trusting God. We we pretend like we're trusting God. but We really aren't fully doing that. I don't remember a whole lot of stories of when I was young. I mean, as I get older, I'm forgetting more and more and more. Anybody? I don't know. What's going on with that? But uh, but uh, that's going on in my life. But I remember one story. When I was 18, I graduated from high school. My friend, my best friend and I, um, we were at his house. And this middle of summer, school's over. Life is totally different. Whole life is in front of us, and there he had this, this hill behind his house, and this hill went down into this, this pit, like a burn pit. And uh, you know, we were like, mm, that's that's, a, that's like a challenge. And uh, so uh, this looks like something we could we could do here to to, you know, do something incredible <laughs> right, right now. And so we said, let's get on our bikes and we're going to ride down this hill and we're going to jump over the burn pit. I mean, it's just, it just make, totally makes sense, right? And so um, 18 got a whole life in front of us. And I said, I'm going to go first because, you know, I'm the brave one or whatever. And uh, or the stupid one, I don't know which one it is. So, I, I decided I'm gonna get on this bike. And so, I'm, I'm getting on this bike, and my friends at the, at the bottom, and he's cheering me on. And teenagers this is before cell phone like videos and stuff. So, we're just, you know, just living in the moment. And, and uh, so, there's no evidence. And, and so, I'm riding down on this bike. And man, I have all of the confidence in the world. And then I got closer to the ramp. And I had this moment of hesitation. You know where this is going, right? I had this moment of hesitation. And I had this lack of faith in my ability to get over the burn pit. And you know when you jump a ramp on a bike, you always want to be like like ET, you know, like going across. And it never works out that way, does it? I mean, you're always, it's like the front of the bike just becomes like a lead weight. And, and you try to jump over it and the, bo- the front just hits the ground. And I hit so hard, I fly over the handlebars scream, land in the, the ash pit, and, uh, and there's just like pieces of wood and trash all over. I don't know how I survived the thing, but I, I hesitated in the moment. You know, I thought it was possible until I never thought it was possible, you know? Like, there's just that moment that happened, and I think that's a great illustration to most of our prayer life. For most of us, our prayer life is kind of like that. We, we have this moment of, man, God can do anything, and then when he comes down to it, we hesitate in the middle of our prayer life. I've always heard this illustration to kind of give um, some weight to sin in our lives, but I think it's a good illustration to talk about our prayer lives. You ever, anybody have a really good cook at home, like your, your, your mom or your grandma is just an incredible cook, and your wife's an incredible cook, and she's making chocolate chip cookies. I'm not talking about the ones you go to the store and get out of the, the can, right? But I'm talking about from scratch, chocolate chip cookies, and so she's making the cookies. You can already smell it from the kitchen. You're excited about it, and then she goes in the backyard, and she just gets a little bit of poop, dog poop out of the, you know, in her hand. And she takes, not not much, just a little, it's not that big of a deal. Come on, guys. And she just puts it into the batch and she mixes it up, makes the cookies, takes them to you on a plate and says, here you go. What are you going to do? Like, no, I don't care how good those cookies are. There's, there's some poop in there, right? <laughs> I feel like that's what we're offering to God in our prayers sometimes. Like it's this, we have these amazing prayers, we're asking God to do all this stuff, but it comes down to it, we sprinkle in a little bit of doubt, don't we? And we offer this to God, but today this passage is saying that he is able to do more than we can ever dream of, than we can ever begin to even ask him. So what God does throughout scripture is he dares us to ask. There's so many verses that talk about God saying, trust me, have faith in me, ask me, I will do it. Look what this one says in James chapter 4. The Bible's really clear. It says, you do not have because you do not ask God. (laughs) I don't know how more simple that can be this morning. So this morning, this, this little passage, this little verse is teaching us that we need to dare to ask. I don't know what's going on in your life. But will you ask God with boldness? God says, no matter what's going on in your life, you need to ask me. Don't be afraid. Don't sprinkle doubt in. Just have faith and trust me. In fact, look what Hebrews chapter 4 says about how we're supposed to ask God. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And that is that's a crazy verse right there because most of the time we think about going to God like humility and sincerity and like even in a timid way because he's holy and we are not. But the Bible's really clear. It says, Come to God with boldness. And the reason we can do that is because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. He's, he's taken that separation, and he's torn it in half, and he's built a bridge between a sinful us. And a holy God. And so we have the ability through Jesus to come to him with boldness and ask him. It's like a kid running and jumping into the arms of their father. Like a kid will get up on this stage with their dad down there and they'll run and just leap, won't they? Because they trust their dad. Their dad will, will catch them most of the time, right? And that's, you know, hopefully. But kids do that and they do that not with. Being scared and fearful, they do it with joy, and they're trusting. And kids are bold, aren't they? They'll come to you with boldness, just like this, this verse verse says. They'll they'll come and start tapping you on the forehead at two o'clock in the morning, won't they? You know, and they they want a glass of water, or their tummy hurts, or or there's there's something scary in the room. And you know what you do as a parent? You get up, don't you? You just kick them, go to bed, right? No, you don't do that. You get up, right? Your love for your kid gets you up, and that's how God is. Our requests, when they come, with, when we come with boldness, it moves God. But the problem is, is that most of us have daddy issues, you know. Our relationship with God, we have these problem, this problem. We have a little bit of lack of faith. We sprinkle in doubt all the time. But the Bible is very clear that God is moved by bold, play, bold prayers. And the question is, do we believe that? You see, here's something that you need to realize today, that, that God can do more through one simple prayer that you pray than a hundred years of you hoping and planning for that one thing to happen. God can do that. And so if he has the ability that's far beyond anything we ask or imagine, why would we not want to come to him and trust him with the biggest decisions of our lives? The problem is we don't really truly trust him. And we're not alone. The disciples were the same way. Over and over again, they did not trust God. And so Jesus had to teach them over and over again. And a lot of times he used parables. And I want to look at, one of these parables today. It's in Luke chapter 18. Here's what it says. It says, one day Jesus, he told his disciples a story to show that they should, get this, always pray and never give up, okay? So he's, he's saying, hey, I'm going to teach you guys something. So instead of just saying it in a simple way, he says, hey, let me, let, me, let me teach you through this, this made-up story. It's a great story. Here's what Jesus says. There was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God nor cared about people, a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally said to himself, man, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. Anybody have someone like that in your life? Okay. Driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, hey, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. And here's the lesson. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? And the answer is no, God won't. He'll answer. Now, when you, when you read a parable, you always got to recognize that you're a, a part of the story, like you're one of the characters, and God is one of the, the characters. And so in this story, you and I were the widow, okay, okay? And God is the, the judge. Now, in the story, the judge is bad. He's evil. He doesn't care about people. And that's not saying that that's who God is. It's a comparison. So Jesus is trying to compare even to how even a, a bad judge, someone that doesn't even care about you, if you consistently go to them, says that he will, he will at least answer. And in this case, he actually does something. He says, what about a God that loves you? right? That is there for you. Won't he do even more? And this widow goes to the judge and they're total strangers and she continually asks him to do something. Compare that to the fact that you and I were children of God. There's no stranger stuff going on there. No matter if it's two o'clock in the morning, we just tap God on the head, right? God, God, this is what's going on in my life. No matter if it's a crazy, middle-of-the-day type of moment, you're busy, God is never too busy for you. He will answer your prayers. And this is what this passage is talking about. And she never gave up, did she? She was the proverbial squeaky wheel. If you think about squeaky wheel, that's this widow. She would not stop coming to God and asking, or to the judge and asking him. And what Jesus is teaching us is the same thing, that God loves a certain kind of prayer. God loves bold prayers that never give up until he answers, to never stop. The problem is usually our prayers are pretty weak. I mean, think about our prayer requests. If you write out your prayer requests, a lot of times they are kind of some simple prayers. And that's okay to have simple prayers. I mean... But a lot of times they're like all about health. You know, we're always asking God to, I got a doctor's visit and pray for that. Or my friend's cat's sick or whatever. And you're praying for that. Or you got a test or something coming up. And those are fine prayers. The problem isn't in those prayers. And the problem isn't in the, the fact that you're praying these prayers. The problem is, is that some, for some of us, that's all we pray about. Those are the only prayers we have. There's some simple, shallow prayers. And if we only pray for those kind of things, I'm telling you guys, you're missing something. We are missing out on something big because God is able to do more, right? That's what this passage is teaching us in Ephesians 3. God is able to do more than all that you could ask or even imagine. So the question is, what should our prayers look like? What should they sound like? Well, throughout the Bible, there's tons of prayers, but I I chose just three of them today that I want to call Bold Prayers Hall of Fame. If you want to know what your prayers should look like, your big, audacious, bold prayers, here's what they should look like. First, we should model what Jesus does. So Jesus is a great example. And when he is about to go to the cross, he goes in this intimate moment in the garden and gets down on his knees. He's sweating drops of blood because he's got to go to the cross. He knows it and he prays this prayer. Here's what he says. Father, I man, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. I mean, there, there's nothing more real in that moment than that, saying, I can't handle this. It shows Jesus' true humanity. He says, I can't do this, but I love what Jesus says. This changes everything. He says this, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Romans chapter 12, we know that God's plans his will is good and pleasing and perfect you know what jesus was praying he was saying father whatever you want i'll do have you ever prayed that prayer that's a dangerous prayer isn't it saying god whatever you want me to do i will do what that means is you've got to stop holding on to things in your life and you got to have open-handed living and open handed prayers and say, God, whatever you want me to do, I will do. Why? Because I trust you. I'm not sprinkling in doubt. I am believing that the creator of the universe, the God that loved me before I even knew him, has great plans for me. Do you trust him like that? And Isaiah is another great example of, of, of a big, bold prayer. God is searching for someone to be his spokesperson. <laughs> He says, anybody willing? And look what Isaiah says. Isaiah 6, 8, famous verse. He stands up and says, here I am, send me. Anybody have one of those people in your class growing up that they were always that kid that answered first? I mean, always raised their hand before anybody had a chance. Don't you hate those people? Um, right? But uh, that's what was Isaiah. Isaiah was like, hey, pick me. Pick me, right? You know what he was praying? This was Isaiah's prayer. Wherever you send me, I'll go. You ever prayed that prayer? That's a dangerous prayer. Most of the time we think of like being missionaries, you know, that's a missionary prayer. You know, these ones are leaving everything, going overseas. What about our lives? Have you ever prayed that prayer and said, God, I am comfortable here, but is the purpose of my life comfort? Or to be on mission? And when a switch happens in your life like that, you begin to pray these prayers. Wherever you send me, God, I will go, and I'll be happy because I'll be in your will, and I trust you. Here's another famous guy. You heard of the prayer of Jabez? Everybody's heard that? Just read that book maybe, and everybody kind of makes fun of Jabez. But uh, Jabez in 1 Chronicles, he, he prays this, this crazy prayer. Here's what he says. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. He, he prays this prayer. And I'm telling you what, on the surface, it looks kind of selfish. I mean, he's like, seriously? I mean, he's, he's like, you know, God, uh, I pray you'd uh, triple the size of my business and make me famous and do all this stuff. That's not what his prayer is actually about. It's not a selfish prayer. He's saying, God, I want to do more for you. So I'm asking you, God, to expand my territory. I'm asking you to protect me. I'm asking you to bless me. And before we get, you know, all defensive about that and kind of make fun of, of Jabez, the ending kind of makes sense. It kind of changes things. It says, and God granted him his request, that God actually answered that prayer. Now, what is really going on in this story? Well, Jabez, his, his name means man of sorrows. I don't know why his parents named him that, um, That's a terrible name, Uh, but he grew up his whole life, he's a kid, he's a teenager, he's a young adult, and his whole life, everybody knows him as man of sorrows. And what that meant is that that's just your lot in life. That's what's going to, that's what the whole definition of your life, the description of your life is you're a man of sorrows. And what Jabez is asking and pleading God is, will you change my future? Will you change my family tree? God, everybody thinks that I'm not going to be worth anything. Everybody's already written me off. And I'm asking you, God, to bless me, to expand my territory. I want to do more than what I'm doing right now. You know what his prayer was? He was praying this. Whatever my future is, it's yours, God. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Or do we have all these plans? We're like, you know, I got, I got this, God. I, I've, um, thank you for blessing me. I'll take it from here, you know? It's kind of a lot of times we, we pray prayers. That's how our relationship is with God. But maybe our prayer needs to be, whatever my future is, God, I'm giving it to you. That's a bold prayer. Are your prayers bold? Yes, we need simple prayers. We need need those prayers, don't we? We need those prayers of us asking God to, to help our attitude or bless our food, but... What if we prayed, after we prayed those prayers, what if we prayed some really big prayers? Like, God, will you use me to radically change my school? Will you use me to radically change my place of business? Because something's got to change. Change. We use me. We use me to radically change my family because I've got people in my family who are far from you, and I'm just begging and asking you to do something. But God, what if you actually used me to do that? It's a scary prayer. You know what? If if your prayers don't scare you, then they're probably too small. You know? What if you prayed? And ask God to rescue your child from sin. And change their heart. Because you just can't do it anymore, you know? Like, I don't, I'm, I'm at my end. I don't know what else to do. Like, I am all out of fuel. And I'm asking you, God, to do something. You know what that is? Is you're taking your child, who you have nurtured and provided for your whole life, their whole life, and you're saying, God, they're yours. Like, you've got to do this. That is a prayer that can be kind of dangerous because you're putting their future in his hands. What if you prayed this prayer, guys? If you're a believer in Christ in this room, God, will you give me opportunities to share my faith no matter the consequences? That's a dangerous prayer. That's a scary prayer. Like, you better be ready if you're going to pray that prayer, aren't you? Like, I mean, hey, God, I'm serious now. Like, okay, I've I've read some verses, like I'm close to you right now, I want people to to know you, Um, I've got the Romans Road memorized, whatever, right? And you're just like, God, give me opportunities now. You better be ready for God to give you opportunities. That's a dangerous prayer, but you know what? That's a prayer that we all need to pray. That's the purpose of our lives is to be witnesses, his ambassadors, the Bible says. What if you prayed this prayer? God, will you bless me? Just like Jabez said, will you bless me? Expand my territory. So that I can turn around and and do something radical with it. And be generous beyond like the social norm. And people would say, why in the world is that person doing that? Look what all they have. And they turned around and they've given it to other people. Man, that's that's a scary prayer because we love our stuff, don't we? We love our things. We worked hard for our things. So maybe instead of just praying, God, would you bless me? God, would you bless me so that I can turn around and show generosity, and change people's lives. You know what that's called? That's called God working through you. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about next week. Right now, we're in the middle of this capital campaign. We're trusting the Lord. We really believe God has called us to do something. But, man, we all need to pray for God to to expand our capacities And we need to all trust God, no matter what he's calling us to do. We need to trust that if he's calling us to do something, to give something, that he's going to provide for us to be able to do that. For my family, we're praying that prayer. We've got to pray those prayers. Something's got to change. We've got to trust God in the middle of uncertainty and say, God, here's my life. Open-handed. Whatever you want me To do. Here's what I ask you to do, man. Everybody's got a family here. Whether maybe it's just you, maybe it's you and one other person, maybe you got a whole big crew here taking up a whole aisle. Here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to begin praying with your family. To begin praying, this God, would you unify us as a family? God, would you would you unify our church? Would you help all of us? Convict all of us to be a part of this. Everybody needs to be a part of this. God, what is our part? And then pray this prayer. God, help us to say yes to whatever you're calling us to do. Because here's the deal, guys. If we do that, God is going to continue to do something incredible in our church. He really will. He does things beyond what we can even imagine. You know, one of the scariest, boldest prayers you could ever pray is for God to save you. For you to say, God, I can't do this on my own, what it means is you're, you're laying it all out there and say, God, I, I can't keep trying on my own to be a good person and earn a relationship with you, to earn a future in heaven someday. It doesn't work. We want to hang on to that. One of the most incredible, one of the bravest... One of the most audacious prayers you can pray is, God, I'm a sinner. I need you. Have you ever done that? Life should be all about praying some bold prayers. And maybe today you need to pray that prayer. In fact, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Trusting God to do something incredible. Lord, I thank you. For every single person here today, I think for everyone watching online right now, and Lord, if there's anyone here, if there's anyone watching who's, who's never fully trusted you like that, that in, their, in their life, they're hanging on to so much. They're hanging on to their future. I pray, God, you give them the strength, if you're tugging on their heart, to pray this bold prayer that they are a sinner and need a Savior and they would trust in you right now. You would save them, God. You'd change their life. you do something incredible in their lives. And you would show up in a mighty way. God, you're faithful to do that. Your word is clear. You can do more than we can ever ask or imagine. No matter the junk in our life, no matter the sin in our life, no matter how much that is stacked up, it can never be stronger than you. And so, God, I pray, God, I pray, if there's anyone, Lord, call them right now to a relationship with you. May they trust in your son, Jesus, who died on the cross to save them from their sins and rose from the grave to prove his power and his victory. Lord, I pray for us who walk with you every day, we're we're believers in you, and we're trying our best, Lord, but it's so easy to hang on to things and it's so easy to have shallow prayers and not really trust you and sprinkle in doubt in the middle of our prayers. And so, God, I, I, I ask, Lord, that you would give us the conviction to pray some bold prayers. And not with just the hope that you would answer them, but, God, with the belief that you will answer them in your will because you're faithful. Help us, God, to pray bold prayers, that we would do what you call us to do, that we would go where you send us, and we would live our lives with open hands for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. We are super glad that you decided to join us today. And if you watch us every week, we're so glad that you join us. And if you're watching right now for the very first time, um, we want to just say, welcome to the family. We're so glad that you're here. Um, If you're someone who, during the message, you thought, you know what? I want to know more about Christ. I want to give my life to Jesus. And I I want to know what it means to be forgiven. Uh, We want to connect with you. So if you could text FORGIVEN to 94000 And that way, one of our ministers can reach out to you and you can begin that conversation of knowing how God can change your life. Um, Here at Central, we truly do believe that Jesus changes everything. See you guys later.